When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. properly on instagram i don't know i can do like i don't know how to make posts on instagram i don't understand it that's why i'm stuck in facebook land because i would rather be in instagram where i think i have more of my people people that uh think like me but i'm stuck in like oldie old people's old people's home facebook is truly boomer city it is is. yeah it is so bad. My mom sends me Facebook posts sometimes and I'm just like, this is clearly so fake. Like, yeah. what are you doing? My mom will tell me something, uh, you know, it's like, I'm just giving an example because you don't post so much on Facebook, but if you posted something with the kids, she'll say like, did you see what Noor sent today? Oh my God. Yes. Like, <laughs> like she, what do you mean sent? She didn't send you anything. Yeah. She, no, she sent it. It came on my wall. So it, she sent it to me. Yes. <laughs> also, you could tell how long somebody's been using Facebook if they still call it a wall. Like, yeah. The other day, <laughs> I posted my something. Mom just re- uh, she just found out it's called a wall. She didn't oh. know before. She didn't know what that was a name for it. Well, most people just call it like your timeline or like yeah, your Facebook yeah. page, right? Yeah. So even today, like this weekend, I posted that thing on my yeah. Facebook page this weekend and like I rarely post on Facebook. So I yeah. asked my husband, I was like, did you see what I posted on Facebook? And he goes, where? And I go, on my wall. And he goes, what? <laughs> I was like, I haven't <laughs> called it that in so long. But my dad, that what you just said about your mom, that's what my dad used to say too. My dad used to be like, I don't know why so-and-so keeps sending me their pictures. I'm like, they're not. <laughs> I know. And then my mom would follow, like, when when we moved, Maya had went to a couple of Montessoris. She kept following the older Montessori that we didn't send Maya to anymore. And she would still follow them. And she would tell me what's happening in school. I'm like, no, Ma, you're an Indian. You're, that's not the school that she goes to. No. Oh Why are you following that school? I don't understand this. Well... This is going to be expanded on in my, um, in the pop, you know, what's going on in the world pop culture recap episode with Raheel. <laughs> but Facebook is bad, but you know what's worse? The what's the worst part of Facebook is town Facebook groups. Oh, yes. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like next door on steroids. It's right. so bad. Right. And our town has two Facebook groups. It has a regular one, which is like yeah. a 411 page mm-hmm. where you could post about, you know, what's going on, if yeah. you want, you have concerns, whatever. And then there's one that's our zip code. 
It's just yeah. literally the zip code of our town. Mm-hmm. And that place they created because they felt like 411 was too censored. So you know what that other page is full of. It's just like <laughs> this is the place where we can like casually make like racist jokes from the 90s and like be transphobic and be homophobic. So anyway, I I made the mistake of just like scrolling. Okay. So a little background on Saturday. I was actually supposed to hang out with Donnie and our friend Sonia, Mm -hmm. and I ended up getting a really bad migraine. I went to a pumpkin patch with my kids, and then immediately on the way back from the pumpkin patch, I was like, I'm going to projectile vomit everywhere. So I ended up just staying home. Yeah, I just stayed home all Saturday and pretty much all of Sunday. And so- That wasn't COVID? (laughs) No, it wasn't COVID, but- you run out of things to watch and you run out of things to like mm-hmm. scroll on Facebook or, or on like Twitter yeah. and Instagram. And especially when you want to avoid certain – when you want to keep your mind light and you, you're you trying to avoid stuff. I started watching King of Queens the other day because I was like <laughs> flipping through channels because I didn't want to watch the news. I didn't want to watch anything on Bravo or any of the other shows. And then I was like, ah, I'll just have this running in the background. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, the guy who, like, everybody loves from King of Queens allegedly may have been promoting the Sound of Freedom movie. <laughs> no. What's his name? Kevin James? I yeah. think it was an accident. I yeah. don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe he didn't know what the movie is about. Anyway. Yeah, like, you run out of things on your regular app, so then you go to Facebook. Like, I did all of the New York Times puzzles that I do every day. Mm-hmm. I do the mini crossword. I yeah. do the spelling bee. I do connections, which is my yes. new favorite that you got me now, on, actually. Yes. Yeah. I love you connections now. <laughs> I do the, mi- do you do the mini, the wordle, and then the mini cross, the little one. I, I do the mini crossword. This is my what my method in the morning. Yeah. I do the wordle. Mm-hmm. Then I do – I say the mini crossword for last. I do yeah. the wordle. Then I do – the spelling bee. I'll go yeah. between the spelling bee and the um, connections because yeah. sometimes connections stumps me and I'm like, I yeah. can't. Yeah. And then they also have a new one. I forgot what it's called, but it's like a little red box. <laughs> I'm such an old lady. I'm like, I play my That's newspaper like, games. I am so, I'm so Letterboxd. enjoying your evolution as you turn into me. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Letterboxed. Yeah. I do you have yeah, so I do letterboxed. Mm. There was a one called tiles, but it got very boring to me. I did not find it. I don't like tiles, yeah. No, I don't like tiles. I don't like tiles, I don't like vertex and any of those. But no, I just I do connections word wordle and mini pretty regularly. I the rest maybe if I have time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I did all of those. Like I've done I caught up on all my things and I was like, I guess I'm gonna go on Facebook and my God, was that a mistake? I was like, oh no, yeah. what have I done? Yeah. So anyway, um, listen, we're we just spent like six minutes talking about bullshit because the thing is, we're talking about the Real Housewives of New York reunion part two, <sighs> and I don't know how much there is co- content there is to even cover. Yeah, I know it was such a. So we had I had built up a lot of rage, uh-huh. coming up to the reunion. Uh-huh. I had, and I felt like. All of them just failed me. Just Giselle and Bryn and Uba and, you know, just failed me on articulating why we were all upset with what happened. Like, there were so many things that they should have pointed out 
that was wrong. It's like they just didn't want to, they didn't want to upset the apple cart, basically. It just was like, it was like bookended. (laughs) Yeah, it was bookended with like Andy giving them lots of pats on the back, telling them that they're doing a great job, like really trying to make moments happen. Like there were so many moments where I was like, Andy, are you just trying to make them cry? Like this is and and they would cut to Andy during certain squabbles and he would just be like what the fuck am i doing here like yeah. he looked annoyed right. to the fact that like at the end of it he was like yeah good job girls no, like it's just like him giving them like, even tips on how do you get out of, how do you deal with housewives and yeah. you guys don't know how to housewife let me tell you how to housewife you have to you have to relive everything that you went through even though you may have made up you have to relive it and then you have to come to the reunion and you have to fight but then you have to leave everything at the reunion and start with the fresh slate the next season and that's what's a good housewife. So he's trying to tell them what the housewife genre is and how to behave. And I'm like, you don't do that to any other new housewife, you know, series. Why are you going bending over backwards to kind of give them that education? It actually makes it so much more. It was so tame and limp. <laughs> It's the word that came to my mind, the reunion itself. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like we... a flaccid dick of a reunion, yes. honestly. Just like, right. not even like a semi. Just like, no. just like totally just shrinkage in a pool. Like, it was mm-hmm. just so. And then also, I felt like Andy was saying all these things, giving them all the caduzas, because mm-hmm. I think he just doesn't want to like recast the show. Like, I think right. he's just like, please, please, just, like, just, just, just figure it out, girls. Yeah. yeah. But okay, the this part two started with Jessel kind of coming at Aaron. Wait, one more right? point that I yeah. want to make it is is that after the two reunions and after seeing everything and how much time Andy spent on, um, on uh, Jenna in the first episode, and even in the second episode he kept going back to her. I almost feel like he was forced to give Jessel the first seat. He had so many more questions for Jenna. Yeah, and he would have wanted Jenna there. It was well, like I, some some ratings producer said, "No, you have to have Jessel there because he well, had I, so few questions for Jessel." Well, I think the thing is, Jessel had more interaction with the ladies than Jenna did. Like Jenna didn't have any major squabbles with right, anybody, but right? Andy seemed only interested in Jenna and keeping yeah. her there. Like I know he's, he all he knows that she's going to quit, and he's like, "Please don't, please don't, please don't." Yeah. Well, I they did that thing at the end where they like we'll get to it what mm-hmm. when they said what they learned from the show, but like mm-hmm. let's talk about how this this second part started. Started again with Jessel and Aaron and Sai sort of talking about this is how you know they, they accused her of having like a sexless, loveless marriage and all this stuff, and they're just hardcore gaslighting her. They say no, right. we didn't mean it, we didn't mean it. No, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then. Andy's like, did Jessel tell you guys about the IVF struggles? Mm-hmm. And like, this is what, and they're like, no, she never did. We found out after. And she, and then like, it cuts to the Hamptons where she definitely sat them down and said, hey, I'm having a breakthrough. And like, right. this is what I'm going through, whatever. 
And then Sai says, I didn't know Jessel had those IVF struggles. Struggles. I feel like I found out uh, all of that because she said it in the confessional. She never told us, which again is a lie. And also, Sai's yeah. husband is the one that said, hey, she just right. had twins. She's having right. a hard time. So your husband even knew about her struggles with her right. body and everything. And here you are saying, like, I had no idea. So the, they first sort of like really go at Jessel and say, like, we didn't mean it. We didn't mean it. We didn't mean it. But then at the end, suddenly they like apologize to Jessel. Like, right. Aaron apologizes for saying shit about Boveth after she says she never said anything about Boveth. Right. And then Sai also is like, okay, well, yeah, I'm sorry about poking holes about Vietnam. Yeah. So I just like felt like it was so f- annoying to watch because it was like, first you gaslight her and then you kind of just like give up. Like, at least yeah. own it. Right. Like, be that person. Be a monster. Right. If you want to be the villain, be right. the full villain. Like, don't right. just give up halfway and be like, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. And then we find out, like, they're all fine and they hang out all the time anyway. I was like, yeah. well, well, then what is this? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. So what – like, yeah. So what uh, – the other thing, yeah, he, it was like Jessel is uh, – so they keep saying that Jessel didn't tell them. Andy doesn't correct them. Jessel doesn't correct them. Nobody calls out the lies. The producers put it into the into the you know they clip it in, but no one's calling them out for actually lying there. But also, there were multiple times that she tried to tell you more, and you yeah. didn't let her talk. And she kept saying, "You guys don't let me talk," and you never addressed that. That was never addressed. That they don't let her finish her thought. Nothing was. Sai yelling and screaming at her on in her face was never brought up as an issue. It was never brought up as Sai. Why would you do like that? Why would you yell at her like that? Well, so they did bring it up because they start talking about like Jessel's background and Jessel's family. And Jessel does such a nice job of explaining my family's background. Mm-hmm. My when you when I talk about myself, I do have to talk about my family. I do have to explain where I come from. It's the color of my skin. It's my culture. And she gets emotional explaining that. And then Aaron is like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. But like, but like, I don't know, like." Did you actually grow up poor? I just want to know. Why do you want to know if somebody grew up poor? That's so weird. That's such a strange thing to say. And then when Jessel says, I grew up comfortable but not lavish, Bryn starts laughing at her. And it's like, I don't understand what you want Jessel to say. It's as if they live in these binaries where – Jessel has to be an absolute, like, she has to grow up in poverty, and that's the only way she's going to be interesting. Jessel saying, I struggled because, like, they don't even listen. That's a thing. She explained how she struggled with her body. They don't listen. They don't actually, it's not even about her not being able to finish. She finishes her thought. They just don't believe her, and they keep questioning what she has to say. Like, Sai says, Oh, I yelled at her on the yacht because the math was not mathing, which is so funny because later on, Andy asked Sai how she meant David. David, and that math does not math with the math that has right. mathed recently on right. the internet. Right. So. Even when she says that when she brought her ho- mother home a few months ago, and you know, and that you know she had her mother, and then they had oh we got married, and I brought my mother home, and then she was drinking in front of my babies. I was like, okay, so you had your babies, and then got married. I, don't think oh, her, I, I didn't hear her say anything about being married. I just watched she, it. I didn't see it. Oh, she said that we, we got married and we once I got married to David, I brought my mother home. Oh, yeah, said. that she did say then, that, yes. And then she was drinking in front of my children. Yeah, and then so she says that David 
made so and that was another thing yeah. her mom passed away five months before they started filming yeah she says that after she got married david had her mom move in with her they yeah. she agreed for her mom to move in with her and then three months after her um she lived with them for a little bit and then three months later and then she yeah oh and then she he, she got drunk in front of them the kids so david had her kicked out and then three months later she died yeah. So how long was her mom living with her for? Yeah. Like, so yeah. So I'm not saying that I I need to know. I really don't need to know I don't any care. of that. We don't need to know any of that. That's our personal business. But for a person who keeps picking on other people and their inconsistencies, that what that was an inconsistent yeah. conversation she's, there. She's very inconsistent. Yeah. Um that whole so going back to Jessel, there's also this moment that really bothered me, and you pointed it out before too during the season. It happened a couple of times, but Bryn keeps poking in at Jessel, being like, "Why are you apologizing to them? Why are right. you not? Why are you not mad at right. them? Whatever." And I find it so strange because Bryn also did it in the season where she was like, "Jessel, you need to fight with these girls. You need to speak right. up for yourself." And it's as if like even her friend Bryn. Mm-hmm. who's allegedly their friends. Apparently, Bryn, Uba, and Jessel hang out all the time. They're always mm-hmm. doing things with Jenna, whatever. They're always posting online, whatever. But Bryn is constantly telling Jessel that she's doing something wrong. Like, yeah. she's constantly like, no, you're not fighting with them right. You're apologizing them to, to them too yeah. much. You need to stick up for yourself. Jessel is living – she's doing great in life, number one. Yeah. And she's beloved by the internet. So yeah. I really need Bryn to like – back off and like calm down because right. there is something really condescending about this woman telling Jessel that she's just not like sticking up. Like I just, I don't know, maybe I, I, I'm having a private experience, but I feel very strong. I think it's a bit of a private experience, but I also understand what you're saying. I'm is triggered that you, by it yeah. because it's, there is this feeling of like Western women feel the need to like tell brown women to how to behave more yeah speak up for yourself yeah it's just it's yeah. really strange and i don't like it because i think jessel's doing a perfectly she's not screaming in their face and that's the thing bryn wants jessel to scream back at Sai, and she's mm-hmm. not going to do it because yeah. that's not how that's not how right. jessel functions plus jessel doesn't have to she doesn't yeah. have to, to hold on to this job now so she doesn't have to yeah and she's being like very um and, and this is her nature. She doesn't, she's very, um, you know, calm and collected at all times. She, it's yeah. very rare that you, she loses her composure. Yeah. And again, another thing Bryn did is when they talked about cackling hags, Jenna was like, I have British friends and I don't mm-hmm. think that's a bad oh, word. Yeah. I, we use it all the time. And then Bryn goes, well, I asked Gideon's mom and she's a lady and she says that she's never heard of it. And Jessel's like, yeah, if Gideon's mom is like nobility, she's yeah. not going to be using a word like hags. Yeah. And again, it's like you have to check with a British person you know to yeah. make sure that like Jessel is trustworthy or that you yeah. can believe. It just – something about it was so strange. Sai, they talk about like when Jessel got that uh, gift from Jenna and she had a meltdown. By the way, mm-hmm. I don't know what work Jessel is, has done. But, but she looks, she looks awesome. so good yeah. because going back to the first few episodes and then seeing her, I'm like, right. what kind of fillers? I, I think she got under eye fillers. Yeah. And I need to know who she went to because yeah. usually those look really bad on brown people. We look very puffy because we're also right. we're already very cheeky people. Yeah. But hers looks so good. Jessel, Jessel, sister. Yes. Yeah. If you're listening, please, please DM me whoever your filler person is because- 
She looks so good. Like I, I, I love her fashion too. I'm like I'm looking at. She had this white Gagra chole that she wore oh in this God, most yes. recent um, um, Instagram post. And she looks so good. That I know so it's very pretty. cute for like people, Bravo people, to be posting and being like, "She is mother for this." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but I I've, I've been shopping Gagras for the past week and a half so i'm like looking at it oh you are <laughs> that looks good well i've run out of gagras for garba so i'm like looking around oh that's fun yeah i haven't found one i'm finding a lot of pakistani shararas that yeah. seems to be much more popular you here. could look up a langa if yeah, you look a up a langa i think yeah. you'll be able to yeah. like find uh, yeah. a really great website is pernia's pop-up shop oh i'll send you the link yeah send it's very link. good it's yeah. and it's uh it's like kind of I like it because their pieces a lot of them are like mix and match. That's so what can, I need. I don't want yeah. this overly matched scent that you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I keep changing, my size keeps changing too. I need to be able to mix and match. <laughs> <laughs> um, they what else is what else did I write down? Oh, so they're talking about that that gift and then size like Andy's like, why were you so defensive about Jenna? And the gift, Sai, like, why did you feel so like, why did you go for go to bat for Jenna? And I thought she w- he was going to bring this up because later on in the season, Sai is shitting on Jenna's gifts. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is why Andy's bringing it up. But then he never did. Never did. I was like, okay. And then Jenna's like, I don't like when Jenna does that. Like, I'm a little baby. Like, I just have a girlfriend in it. I'm like, shut up. Okay, I like Jenna, but like this whole like baby girl thing that she does. Yeah. Like, you do not get ahead in corporate America by being like a sweet, like, I cannot talk like that in a boardroom and get away with it. I'm just saying, but maybe it's in the fashion world, it's different. There are quirky people in the fashion world, and it goes with the with the scenery. In my world, it would not work. There's a lot of you need to speak up and stand your ground and be very authoritative. Otherwise, they'll walk all, all over you. So I, I feel don't know. like I feel like Kelly Catrone has shown us that fashion is pretty fucking brutal. That's true. I feel like That's watching true. Project Runway for a hundred years has taught us that like there, there's no like you can't be meek in fashion. And like that's the thing about Jenna Lines that really bothers me where she I feel like she's constantly like shut up. <laughs> and I, I get Uba's point where Uba's like Jenna acts like she's like really this old frail person and like she's not in real life she's like a powerhouse. <laughs> Uba's so bad with words, man. Ugh. Oh, I need – I think Uba thinks in her language and then speaks in English because sometimes the words come out. And I, I recognize that as an immigrant because yes. I see her phrasing some things. Like, like in the last episode, she said, I slapped them, slapped the men and all yeah. that, right? But I'm thinking maybe there's a phrase in her language where it means, it translates to this, but it doesn't mean as... Um, Physical it, abuse. Yes. Or is <laughs> it doesn't mean as rough or you know hard as it sounds in English and sometimes I think it happens to me all the time sometimes if I'm thinking in a different language then I put the words together and it comes out in a weird way and it sounds terrible but really I'm not that's not what I meant to say and so I think Uba suffers a little bit from that you know to be fight to be fighting your emotions and trying to get your thoughts out when in a, a language that's your second language 
in an environment that you're very uncomfortable in. That must have been a really overwhelming situation for Uba, especially. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like she has been bottling up a lot of feelings and she doesn't know how to put it all together and really parse it out and approach it in a calm and collected way. And I think um, Jessel in the end she says, I should, have be, I should have spoken up more for you and I should have been there for you. And I think it would help Uba if Jessel and Bryn and even Jenna actually sit down and talk to her and help her navigate the language part of it. So yeah. when she has certain emotions and she's very passionate, she doesn't have to blurt out everything that's coming through her um, emotions, but actually parse it out so she can make a, um, make a cogent argument. Yeah. I think that's where she was missing out. I think there was a lot of feeling. There was a lot of emotions. The way she just burst out crying, I felt bad for her. That was real. And then I, she yeah. dr- then she literally drank that whole bottle of water. She kept <laughs> sipping on it for the entire thing. She's like, oh, oh, she couldn't barely breathe. And it was like I was it, I was like watching a two-year-old, you know, that has this it, has this emotional, you know, when are you and I have me. kids. Like yeah, that, you know, where their emotions over, yeah, their emotions you me this and give them, them water, give yeah. them water when they're freaking right. out, when they can't breathe, just give them water and it forces them to literally take a breath. You yeah. literally taught me how to do this with my kid and I do it all the time because I know you I did it with Maya. That since Maya was a little girl, I would sit her in the corner and say, we will talk about this, but first take a few sips of water. And then we will have a conversation. I know you're upset. I acknowledge that. But here, drink some water before you speak. And then she would figure out how to bring her words out. And and that's the thing. Like, I understand that so much. Like, you explained it so well when you have that translation issue. But then also, like... You, when you are emotional, you are, your brain often still goes to your primary language, right? Correct. And then also the feeling of the the feeling of feeling misunderstood or mm-hmm. mis or or misheard, like people don't hear you mm-hmm. or understand you, like that is really really hard. And as an immigrant, it it triggers in a way that like I can't explain to people who haven't experience that. To feel misunderstood as an adult woman is a really difficult thing to have happen to you when you grow up in a home with a different language, when English is not your first language, when this is in your culture. And I can see that similarity between Jessel and Uba. The difference is that obviously Uba had that blow up with Aaron because I feel like until that point, Aaron is Uba's only friend. Like she's close. We, I don't think that we've seen any real scenes with Uba and any of the other women. Yeah. So for- I think she got closer to Jessel when she, they roomed together. Yeah. When she was going through her phone thing and she was trying to lean on Jessel, but Jessel was still not. Um, Uba was not very comfortable being open with Jessel either. She was like bottling it all up and being quiet, but. I think you're right that truly Erin was her closest friend. Yeah. And she says that, right? She says, like, the reason why I was so upset, the reason I'm crying is because Erin is the only person that I was closest to. I love her and I'm so close to her. And I think the biggest thing is that Uba hates the fact – like, she pointed it out so well. I ignored you. Mm -hmm. I gave you the grace of not giving you my anger. Because I ignored you and I wasn't going to talk to you. And then you came around and you said, don't fucking say my name. Yeah. And, and like, again, nobody pointed out that 
point, right? Nobody yeah. said, yeah, Aaron, it was messed up that you came around and you instead we're talking about fucking emojis, about right. devil horn emojis and thinking face emojis. And I'm like, right. no, the point is that Uba didn't say anything. She was quiet. She missed breakfast and she was upset. Yes, she was being passive aggressive, but she was being passive for the most part. Yeah. And like Jessel said it. I, I'm so glad Jessel said that. Like they were like, oh, do you think that Uba re- overreacted? And Jessel was like, no, I don't think Uba overreacted right. at all. Because yeah. she didn't. She yeah. didn't overreact. She only responded to Aaron screaming yeah. in Uba's face. Right. And again, it, that got completely skipped over. And that's like the – this is – it was almost like a Beverly Hills type reunion. Right. Where like – I almost feel like Andy didn't really pay attention they yeah. didn't have good questions. They just wanted to get through. It was almost like, well, the ratings are going to come regardless. The wrong, yeah, they focused on the wrong things. Like, who cares about the emojis? I would have rather. And then there was a uh, there was one point where um, um, Jenna says to Uba that I didn't understand. The when the, Uba is saying, "How could you say you were Team Aaron because you weren't there." And why yeah. were you saying that? Why didn't you come to my uh, my side? Why didn't you think of me in that moment? Yeah. Because you thought only of Aaron. And then Jenna, as an explanation, she says that I didn't understand um, how big of a deal this was and how emotional you were in that yeah. moment. Um, but I, I felt like, but Uba was telling you that. Yes. Yes. She was telling you how being a single woman in her culture, in her family, and being traveling and not responding to her family was a big deal for her. You heard that and you still thought she had overreacted. Yeah. I, so, Jenna, I don't understand how you didn't catch that. Yes, agreed. And then I was funny, though, Uba getting so mad at Jenna mm-hmm. saying, I've never seen this side of Uba. And then Uba saying, <laughs> and then Uba saying, how dare you say that I have sides? <laughs> I I loved it. Like, like that made me laugh how, so hard. How, you know how hard I have tried, I have maintained this body that is like very thin and very singular. It was just so funny. It was like, mentioned. no, it's just no. so funny. Yeah. It was just so funny because she genuinely thought that saying that somebody has sides is like calling them two-faced. And it's yeah. like, that's not what that means, Zupa. Yes. It just means I've never seen this part of you before. Yeah. And she yeah. just kept saying, I don't have sides. <laughs> I don't have sides. And, and like, she tried to explain what she thought aside, yes, like you behave one way and you behave another way. So even then in that moment, nobody said, Uba, no, that is two-faced. That's a different thing. What Having a side doesn't mean the same thing. No, I think it's truly, a mis- it's a truly an issue of language for Uba. And yeah. I think people need, they need to have it very clear to her. And she needs to be a little bit more open and ask them what that means. And what would, you know, I have... Uba, you need a friend who can translate these women to you outside of the group, who can tell you whether you should be offended or not. And then when you do, when you are offended, can write down the arguments for you so you can actually say it out in the, in English and, you know, um, address them. <laughs> yeah. It was so strange because it was like I, on the show, I actually, you know, when you would cut to confessional, Uba had the best takes. Yes. 
Yes. She had the, were, she the was most. Prep, she was prepared. She, she was prepared and she wrote yeah. it down and, or like, I don't know what she did, but she, you know, even the thing she said, I remember when the girls were coming at Jessel about her culture and all that stuff, they were like, she was like, they actually seem really ignorant and it's really yeah. fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Like, Uba was so good and so to have see her get this upset it also didn't help that Bryn kept piping in in the middle and fighting and trying to have a moment it was like I love when Uba was just like shut up like you have to let me finish talking yeah Yeah. I I just loved it um I also love the clarification we got about Uba in the beginning of the episode or the reunion being like no let's talk about how none of you wanted Jenna on the show and then we find out like that's not actually what (laughs) (laughs) poor uba okay they had this brin segment and Uh okay i don't know what it is about brin i don't know what it is i'm saying it right now and i hope that i'm wrong but something about brin i don't believe a word she says what do you mean about her job about any of it her being like there's just something about the way she talks to me Mm-hmm. That I just don't believe any of it. They were like, oh, you were engaged three times. She's like, she's like, yeah, I was engaged two times. And uh, like one of them's married and I don't talk to one of them. And I'm now best friends with the one who's married's wife. And like all that. Like, I don't know, something about the way she talks. Like even when she's telling us like these phrases that Mimi had, I'm like, yeah. did you read a book or watch a movie and like pick these up? Because something no. about the way that Bryn tells stories. Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong. But something about her just feels, feels like like a pathological liar. Like she something manufactured a scenarios. Not a manufactured mm-hmm. scenario, but like, okay, you know when when I was younger, I'm mean, gonna maybe mm-hmm. maybe I, this is what I'm saying. When I was younger, mm-hmm. and I was new to this country, and I felt really like uncool. Yeah. I would like make up stories as a young person to feel cooler. I would yeah. read a lot of books and watch a lot of shows and yeah. I would say like this happened to me but it didn't actually happen to me. It was just like yeah. a thing that I watched. Yeah. And I think that Bryn something about her feels that way to me mm-hmm. because it's like she had a really rough childhood. Mm-hmm. So now she like makes up these stories. Like even in, I remember in the finale it said something like Bryn is going to freeze her eggs overseas yeah because that's where rich people keep them i was like why overseas like why in switzerland or someplace yeah it was like it was so weird it was just like one of these tax exempt there i don't don't understand it's a tax shelter not an egg shelter yeah Yeah. It's just just something about her gives me pathological. And I don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's the way – and the way she, like, interrupts. She always seems like she's having a moment. Like, even when um, when Andy asked that question about, like, oh, you know, is there any sexual, like, chemistry between, like, Jenna and Bryn? And Jenna's like, no, Bryn is very, very straight. Yeah. Um, And Bryn is like, hmm. She, like, makes a pouty face. And then Andy's like, well, have you ever hooked up with women? And she's like, I've made out with chicks. And I was like, okay, I know exactly the kind of person Bryn is. Like, (laughs) Bryn is the woman who, like, goes into bars and makes out with girls to get attention from men. Yeah. You know, and like I get that too. I get all of that. I think she she's uh, she's actually a very smart person. But I think she's so insecure when it comes to relationships, uh, whether it's friends, relationships, any kind of relationship that she 
puts on this persona that's flirty and maybe makes up stories or exaggerates or embellishes a lot in in order to make sure that she stands out and she is interesting. Yeah. And it's not that there's, but I think behind all of that, in truth, she's, a, she's, she can be a, she's probably a brilliant woman who should yes. probably, yeah, who's probably a nerd, but then she has sort of created this persona of not being a nerd. Yeah, um, maybe. She talked about the exit of a company that she was in, and I'm assuming that she made made some money there too. Um, so she's, she's probably has other incomes in this kind of way where she's able to sustain herself. But, um, I also think that she doesn't, she doesn't do a good job of explaining, um, what it is that she does. She said, I do business proposal. I come up with, I put together a business proposal, but she could she could have put it in a different way. She could have said, I'm a strategy consultant for large for large companies. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know what I she know. does. It sounds like I know exactly what she does. But okay. I, I – and I'm sure she's good at the job. And apparently she has a 9 to 5. Like apparently mm-hmm. she actually has to be online from 9 to 5. She works. Yeah. yeah. Um. She also said online that like they weren't allowed to film in her building because of co-ops. But then I remember yeah. on the, on the, the show – we had a, an episode where we were inside Bryn's apartment. So, mm-hmm. and then another thing she said, like during the reunion, she said something like, oh, I never watched the show. I only watched one episode and that was the first episode. I never watched the rest of the right. show. I didn't watch myself, right? And then at the end when they're doing like, what did we learn from the show? Bryn said that she really enjoyed watching herself. Yeah. So it's was like, this is what I'm saying. I think yeah, that Bryn might be like everybody else gave a, a in-depth and serious answer where they had thought about even Sai made up stuff and said that she had had therapy and she was like, okay, you can take that mazel tau, Andy. Yeah. You did a good job as a therapist, but no, I'm not going to a therapist. I'm like, Sai, you need a therapist so bad. I needs a therapist. Not only so about her bad. mom, but now I'm like realizing that Sai has all these, probably has all these undealt issues with her husband for having made her throw her mom out. Dude, like, yes. That, when okay. She that, I was like, and you're okay with David and there's no issues with you and David because of that? When you are being racked by guilt that your mom may have died because of it? Because you That's threw her out? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, and I'm like, what? she got too drunk in front of the kids so he had her thrown out. But I'm like, yeah. okay. But your kids also, Andy's like, well, how did you, what did you say to your kids? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I didn't. My kids just always knew that grandma was kooky. Yeah. So I'm like- like the kids knew grandma was kooky. Why'd you throw her out on the street? Yeah. And also when she's like, here I am living in a townhouse and my mom is out on the street or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if you have money, you could get your mom an apartment. Yeah. I'm not saying that like I know that a lot of people struggle with their parents and yeah. they don't want to financially support their parents, whatever. Yeah. But like, was it David? Like it was just, you know what, There's honestly. something more there that she hasn't dealt with. Or she doesn't want to talk again. Again, I want decide to just go away for a year or to figure that out and then come back in because I think whatever there is is even more darker than we think. And I I don't know. I, I don't need to go down that path with her. But at the same time, it's like, okay, how are you okay with David if you feel this much guilt about your mother? Yes. Like, have you resolved it? I don't think she has. Her mom is still in some sort of a shopping bag in her closet. Oh, my God. That's true. 
so That's weird. True. Um, they do this little what did we learn from right? Sai says she wants to be better and she wants to go to she she likes therapy. Jenna Jenna's thing that she learned from the show is she says that she wants she knows that she can now be a girl's girl. I'm like again, I just <laughs> I don't understand these people. Like, I don't know. It was just such a dumb answer. Aaron's was actually good. Aaron said she wants to lighten up. Jessel says yeah. she wants to be gentler to above it. And I was like, Which don't. I was like glad. Because I was okay. like, this you is something you're that glad. you and I don't talk about too much. But it's just that even even so Pavit did this Instagram live at the points points guy. Yeah. And Pavit was in his group, you know, he was talking about the Vietnam bun me and all of that and how to get points. And then all of a sudden Jessel popped in. It was like and then they started bickering again. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, that's so funny. Cause when she said you're you said that she's glad you're glad. Yeah, I wrote down Jen- Jessel wants to be more gentle to Bubbit. Jessel, please don't. I don't <laughs> want her to be nice to Bubbit. Not because I don't love Bubbit. I love Bubbit. Yeah. But like, yeah. I just think that watching them bicker makes me really happy. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, that's my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's but my also, marriage. <laughs> also, I'm like, oh, poor Bubbit. <laughs> no, not poor Bubbit. She had her tw- his twins. Okay. <laughs> And I, I I forgot to mention this in the last episode, the reunion. He was like, um, they asked her like, how do you get to keep these like uh, white sofas or whatever? Yeah. And she said this answer that I was like, oh my god, she is such a desi mother, and she has such desi kids. Yeah. She said my kids don't like to have their hands dirty, so they're yeah. very clean. Yeah. And I was like, that is such like Maya's this way. Aiden is this way. Like there, there is this thing about the first child in a Daisy household in every single family I've ever met is like deeply like germaphobic. All of the helicopter parenting that we did to our children yeah. have actually been internalized in our children, I feel. Yeah. And I felt yeah. very much like that's what Jessel was trying to – and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. If Jessel's going around yelling at her mom about fingerprints, then yeah, her kids yeah. are probably like, I'm not gonna get my hands dirty. Like she probably <laughs> wipes down the tables and then she wipes the fingerprints. That. She wipes the fingerprints off her children because she's like, You can't have anything on. I don't know. It was just it was very relatable. You know I love Jessel. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bryn said that she enjoys watching herself, even though she said in this episode that she didn't watch any of the episodes. Um and then Uba just loves everyone. Uba says that she really, really loves everyone. Yeah. Okay. And she started out with saying that and she ended with saying that. And the, this time she had a bottle of water with a straw yeah. that she was like sucking on so hard. Uh, but other than that, it was it was a man. It was so mad. And I don't think that they've started filming yet. Oh, really? Oh. Makes sense. They usually do it, I guess, usually in the fall thinking, into Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's usually after Thanksgiving, right? Or around Thanksgiving. I think they're going to do it after BravoCon, which I guess Ooh. is next week. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm glad this is over, but we have yeah. two things coming up. We have Married to Medicine happening soon oh and God. Real Housewives of Potomac. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Married to Medicine because Phaedra is on it now. And, you know. She will change the show, I feel like. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, she's going to make it into more of a housewife show. And uh, that may be the end of Married to Medicine for me. 
but um, I mean, listen, you have to watch up to the point where Quad shows up in at her own funeral. <laughs> is it called? Is it Quad who shows up? Of course. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the Married to Medicine trailer. It ends with Phaedra hosting a funeral, yeah. inviting everybody, and I'm pretty sure it's Quad who, <laughs> who pops out of the casket. I was hoping it was Mariah. <laughs> oh my god, imagine. That would be awesome. What if, if it's it Mariah, Mariah and Quad? <laughs> and Quad. What if it's Carrie? <laughs> she Carrie's always there. Not the British Carrie. Duncan. Duncan. Maybe it's Duncan coming up. <laughs> <laughs> what um, about Lisa, Lisa? What was her name? Lisa. Marie? Lisa Nicole. <laughs> Lisa Nicole. <laughs> or her gay husband. Hey, <laughs> you and your lesbian relationship. She said to Quad. Um, do you love the new Real Housewives of Potomac tr- taglines oh, that were released? I love. I love my. Karen Fugger so much. What do you mean you're on the fence? What? Are you doing a drug deal? <laughs> like I'm the fence. <laughs> I'm the fence. Like, you ride me. <laughs> what is that? Wait. But also how perfect. How, it's so perfect. And also I loved Robin Dixon's tagline. I love that she's like, guys, I don't care. I don't care. That's what because Juan Dixon says it in the show. He's like, I don't care. So Robin's like, I guess I don't care either. That's fine. <laughs> He's like, I got we got bills to pay, babe. Just yeah. say just say you don't care. And let me yeah. do what I'm doing. And you go do what you're doing. It's perfect. Right. I'm excited for them to come back. But it's also like Robin Dixon being so, it's like so blatant. Everything is so blatant to Robin and Juan. But she's the one like immediately jumping on the rumors of um, Candace and um, (laughs) and Chris. I'm like, okay, Robin. (laughs) I know. Everything that you're saying could apply to you. But the thing is, Robin doesn't care about the glass house that she lives in because she's like, sure, you can shatter it. I don't care. Like, (laughs) I will throw stones from this glass house and I don't care that it breaks because I'm still here standing. This woman filed for bankruptcy. This woman foreclosed on her home. Mm -hmm. She divorced her husband, still lived with him. Mm -hmm. Just but like, I don't I think here's the thing about Robin Dixon. Lover or hater. But this woman has had all these big things happen in her life that mm-hmm. in theory should be things that like make certain things fall apart, right? Like right. you get divorced, so then you have to start over and you have to find like a new partner. Right. And Robin's like, no, I'm still going to live with him. And then we're eventually going to get married again. Yeah. Like, oh, he cheated on me. He went to Canada. <laughs> he helped a girl. He helped a Canadian immigrant. <clears throat> okay. So. Oh wow! Uh, I would I would vote for somebody who helps an immigrant. So <laughs> yeah, so like I feel like there is something to say there about Robin Dixon being the low key unbothered. She's queen. a resilient. Um, she she is very. Um, so Robin Dixon is uh, reminds me of uh, Mary from Sister Wives because Mary. Oh. Mary from Sister Wise is if it's I don't know if you watch it, but I I'm like obsessed with it, right? So yeah. 
she is the first wife of Cody Brown. Yes, that I know. Sad, very sad. Legal wife. And then she divorced him so he could marry the last wife so he could adopt her kids. So she gave up the legal paperwork so he could. But for about seven to eight years, he has consistently told her that he doesn't love her. And that he doesn't want to be with her. He ignores her, doesn't call her, doesn't take her, doesn't even wish her on anniversaries and things. And she still calls him and wishes him and shows up. <laughs> she's like, I'm the, and she moves around. It's like, don't worry, I'm still part of the family. And he's like, why though? Why? <laughs> it's so funny because I've only watched it passively and I know what's going on because I watch right. clips and I actually listen to um, everybody's business but mine. Yeah. yeah. And so I've heard like a, a little bit of the, sister wife stuff. Now I do know that Christine got Christine got married. Yes. She got divorced and she's yes. like started her own life. Oh, good and then yeah. who's the so other happy. one? Janelle? Janelle is separated and she's like and she's asking she, her money is stuck with them. So Oh, I see. So she's not going she's anywhere only one. because huh? She was the wealthiest one, right? Like she no, made she the was most the money. one with the re- actual regular job. A regular <laughs> She was the one with the regular job with the paycheck and Christine was the one who was who would watch all the babies. Yeah, Cody went and raised, you know, philandered and did whatever he did. He's he's a gun salesman or whatever. So he's and then he was in real estate for a while, whatever. Okay. Uh, but essentially, he was boinking people and having babies, but not really paying attention or being responsible for any of them. And then, um, then uh, Mary was the first wife, and then Robin is the last wife who keeps um, who essentially lives a monogamous life with Cody, but. She's stuck with that man. No, but she loves she loves, she loves him. him. She she orchestrated a lot of this with him, but he's he's to blame in the end. But um it's it's really sad for the kids. We are all watching because we love the kids. The kids yeah. are really good. The kids are such good kids. Wait, I didn't know that Cody had babies. Look, now we're talking about sister wives. I didn't know that Cody had other kids that like weren't the children of the four women. No, they are the children of the four. Oh, they are the children of the four. There's 17 of them or 18 of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think some of the kids are queer, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. So they also, some of them are also, um, some of them fall, quote unquote, follow religion. Others don't. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't know how to deal with any of his adult kids. All his adult kids stop talking to him. Except for a couple of them that are just, you know, put up with him. But... And he thinks that uh, he doesn't have to wish them or have even for Christmas or buy them presents or even talk to them. And he's just the worst, the worst deadbeat father ever. I saw the case. I saw the one clip of him saying, I've got I've got some pecs and washboard abs. Yes. (laughs) I said Janelle only views him as a piece of meat. Well, no. No, Janelle thinks uh, Jan- your her money is stuck with him because they <laughs> used Janelle's money, part of Janelle's money to buy the big land that they were going to build four houses on. Yeah, they were built, but then they used a lot of the rest of the money and the rest of the savings to buy one million dollar house for Robin. And re- meanwhile, Janelle is living in a trailer, <gasps> and then she moves from the trailer to a little apartment in the winter. Oh my and, god! Yeah. Uh- and her I money is all stuck in all of there because all of her savings is stuck in all of that. And he has the dot. The only reason he doesn't want to give her up is because she brings in some income. My God. And he would lose the income of this show. 
I saw, I remember watching when they all lived in like those houses in like the compound or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think that was the season that the cop showed up. Did a cop show up? Like he uh, was like under investigation or something. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, that was that was the, years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was years ago. Oh, there's so much stuff that happened after that. Mary got catfished. It was like a whole thing. <laughs> no, and that catfishing thing ha- uh, went on for like three, three whole seasons. Three seasons. Mary, three seasons of Mary trying to get over that and investigate that and come out of it and. How the how their whole relationship fell apart because of that? Because I think Cody saw it as an excuse to kick her out then, and she was like, "No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck on you. I'm not going to let go of you." She's like a barnacle; she would not let go of him. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, well, I need to get sick again so that I can watch Sister Wives oh, at home. If you watch it, and then we can talk about, I, you will make me so happy. <laughs> Okay, no promises. Either that or Kara Mary has to invite me to talk. Okay, to talk. I'll put in a word with Kara. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's it for this silly little episode. We spent like a good portion of it not talking about New York. So yeah. that kind of tells you how I feel about I'm kind of, I'm like glad it's over because I'm yeah. like, that was enough. It was stressful. After, after it's done, I'm like, okay, that's done. Yeah. I started out not liking it, then I started liking it, and now I ended up being eh. Okay, I'm yeah. not. And then Beverly Hills is her. Uh, okay, Kyle. Okay, whatever. Mauricio and his, you know, new teeth. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's his new teeth. He has not adapted his face to because yeah. when he looks confused at Kyle, the new teeth out. don't know where to go. <laughs> the new teeth. <laughs> he, he, like, he looks confused, <laughs> but he looks like he's confused by a smell that he's smelling. <laughs> He doesn't know what to do. Uh, uh, I'm just looking forward to Potomac. That's that's my sweet spot. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah. Well, well, I will be. Um, I know. I I can't wait. We're gonna talk about that next week, and then um, I'm gonna be in Amsterdam the following weekend. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm just going for like a quick trip to Amsterdam. By yourself? No, with well, me and four other friends. Oh, nice. We're going to get hammered. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering why I'm not one of the four friends. So, you want to go? I'll send you the information. I'm going to India. Okay. Okay. Well, that's why you're not going to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be invited. Okay. I, that's all. I never go anywhere. I just want like to be invited to the, you know, whether it's a- a- Amsterdam or... You know, the Poconos. I just want to be invited, okay? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm now laughing because I'm thinking about Karen Huber's tagline again. (laughs) Some people call me the fence. Honey, what is it? Some people say I ride the fence. Honey, I am the fence. You ride me. (laughs) I'll never stop laughing at that. That one. Okay, what did you think about Candace's tagline? Oh, <laughs> I had to like, I had the earphone in my ear and it was loud. I had to pull it out when she started going like this. I was like, whoa, whoa, give me a warning, Candace. What was that? <laughs> I was like, ah, Candace, go ahead. Lean into the singing. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, but this, make this the last uh, season of that, though. Can I, can we just move on from that? <laughs> yeah. I also would love if Candace would incorporate like cutlery or like getting smacked by a purse or something right. into her tagline. Right. Yeah. Handing somebody a beverage. Like yeah. I need. <laughs> I need you because like Giselle, she just talked about her kids in her yes. tagline. <laughs> she must have been so – I kept thinking Giselle must have been so happy when she came up with that tagline. It's like, oh my god, this is perfect. I think that she – I think her kids came up with it. And uh, I think that she put it in her tagline because that's everybody's favorite thing about Giselle is her kids. Her kids, yeah. So I feel like she was like, remember, guys, I have kids. You know, I was afraid as it was going on and on. Um, I was almost fearful that at any point it would be Shuri show up with a tagline. And I'm so glad it wasn't. I was like, please. But she's going to be there. She's going to be there all season. I want her to be there. I want her to be a friend of always. I don't want her to be the housewife because I cannot have individual (laughs) I want she can mean the group scenario. I want Sharice to. I want Shasha to be a friend of on every housewives. Every housewife. Show. <laughs> Imagine, oh, just right. sitting in the corner and making like snide comments. I want Shasha and Mary Cosby together. <laughs> I on, just want them. like on a stage. It's not in some project of some kind. I want Shasha and Mary Cosby talking <laughs> to each other. I want those two to be just like dropped in as like friends of in random yes. places. You know, yes. like Mary just doesn't show up to think she goes to McDonald's. Shasha's calling, you know, hotels.com and trying to get a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot uh. about that. Reservations. Hello, reservations. Hello, reservations. Oh, baby, I needed this laugh. Thank you. Okay, and one last thing I do have to say: Frank Atania is engaged (gasps) to a woman who is four years younger than me. Oh, you know, he found this woman. She will change his diapers. That's all Frank needs. (laughs) (laughs) And he pops too many of those pills and he gets all clogged up or has diarrhea. He needs someone to help him with that. Yeah, he can't rely on. When he's he's laying on the floor and he needs someone to pick him up. That's all. Yeah, he can't rely on Dolores' ex-boyfriend anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Dolores said, go find someone else to help you with all of that. Yeah, so he found this little girl. And I just wanted to say to listeners, if you think Teresa's hair and wedding outfit was crazy, Mm. you just wait and see what Frank Catania and this girl Brittany's wedding is going to look like. Because it's going to be nuts. Yeah, And it's going to make Teresa's wedding look tame. He's going to be in a purple suit. That's my prediction. (laughs) Yeah, he's or he's just an oversized, uncomfortable purple suit. No, I think it's not going to be oversized. I think it's going to be extremely fitted. It's, small. it's not oh, going to be bla- yeah. It's not going to be blatantly purple. It's going to be like ivory like with a purple tint. No, I'm tint. thinking like lilac, satin, yes. lilac. Yes, yes, imagine. Yes, it exactly. Like shiny, it's shiny silk. Yeah, silk. Not bra- yeah. looks like silk, but actually polyester. Not breathable yes. at all. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and his arms are going to be like popping out. Like any minute the stitches are going to come off. Popping out. 
I hope I'm invited. <laughs> I hope you are too. Maybe uh, you can take me as your plus one. <laughs> I'll invite you to that event. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. I will invite you to that. <laughs> Not to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs>